0: Hey, what's happening, guys? Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. I am your, your host, Jake Burns, and I think we all know that we have some news, right? We have some news uh, that happened uh, on this Friday, chaotic day, uh, kind of around 3, 4 o'clock, staring at my, staring at my screen and uh, seeing Adam Schefter tweet come across about Deshaun Watson picking the Cleveland Browns out of nowhere. And uh, yeah, just was in utter disbelief. Tried to check several different times to make sure that wasn't a fake. If there there have been some bots out there that seemingly have gotten a hold of big time accounts on the sports side, so I was making sure I did not see something incorrectly, and it turned out to be true. So I uh, I wanted to post something over the weekend here. I I, I ironically enough had. Uh, Had enough time today to record an episode. I spent some time recording an episode about all the different quarterback options that were realistic, and uh, they did not include Deshaun Watson, who we all presumed, and justifiably so, based on what we had heard, that he was out of the picture for them, and uh, Cleveland was out of the picture for him, and that meant looking at all the other ones. So spent 45 minutes on a podcast recording an episode at about 2 o'clock, got off that at 2.40. And by three thirty four o'clock, this is when the news drops. So that's worthless audio that'll never get released about all the other quarterbacks that are out there. So uh, if you have heard me this week talk about uh the 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 rumors, the connection, the meetings, I have been avoiding the topic because I think it's just a very heavy topic and 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 this is as I've tried to illustrate, not a podcast that you go to for commentary on a lot of different things. About character and 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 uh, this is a film breakdown, football analysis podcast. That's what I wanted to do because I think there are some fantastic podcasts that I listen to out there who do some of those other angles, and I didn't want to duplicate that. I wanted this to be pure football all the time. Talk about the Browns, and I've tried to do that and analyze players as best I possibly can. But I think when this happens, you can't really avoid it. So, you know, I, I I I don't think it takes, let me put it this way. Um, It is a sensitive topic for a lot of people. And it's sensitive for people, especially those who have been a victim, uh, especially those who know somebody who's been impacted. And uh, I, I totally understand that side of things. I also understand the side of things that says that the, 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 criminal justice system did their thing so on and so forth and separating the person from the player and supporting the team and and the player people have talked to me about their experiences with kobe bryant doing this and their experiences with ben roethlisberger and the separation of player and person and listen i'm i'm not here to tell you one way or the other that your thought process on it is right or wrong right i am I am. Uh, that's not the point of this podcast. Period. Uh, to to ever do to do to do that, I don't think that's it. I mean, m- by nature, I am a pro second chance person. I'm a I'm a I'm a middle ground type of guy who tries to view as many perspectives as possible. But whatever your feelings, if you're out on the Cleveland Browns uh, because of this, I think that's okay. That's justified. I've got people close to me. Uh, a, a friend of mine who I work with closely who has said that that exact thing. Right, I am I'm fine with that. I totally get that side. Um, I'm also uh, understanding of the other side who just views it from a football perspective. Also, people in the middle who are like, I'm excited about the player, but this whole thing feels strange. I don't like it. It it's it's going to make a lot of different people feel a lot of different ways. You can spend time arguing with those people. You can spend time. Uh, trying to convince people to see it your way, I can just tell you that's not going to be worth your time. The the people that view it the way they view it bring their own experiences in, and you're just never going to get into an argument where someone tells you, you know what, you're right. That just... It's very rare in this day and age, and I think it's very rare right now. I have my feelings about it, and I'm not going to bore you with them. I don't think you should ever want people to be victimized by these situations, and I don't think you should ever make somebody feel uncomfortable if you can avoid it, right? Like, you, you should never you should never try to do that. That should never be your goal. And, um, But at the end of the day, for me, I have a job that supports my family. The OBR is a place I love, care about, covers a football team. And my covering of a football team does not indicate how I feel one way or the other. It ultimately supports my wife, my son, our family, our means of living. And that's why I'll continue to do what I do. Again, other people whose situations might not be the same can make a different choice, right? That's totally up to them. And I'm I'm completely fine with that. I can also pretend that I could just give this up mentally. I can't give up football. I do cover the Cleveland Browns and I try to stay as perfectly professional as I can about doing this but I at the at the heart of it the reason I got into it was not a traditional journalist path so I got into it because I cared about the team and I care about the Browns and I've tried to care about other organizations and I I can't I just can't I don't know maybe it's like the roots to where you're from I I don't know how to explain it but I have tried I've tried the individual player route I can't do it I just I can't so I could pretend I could turn all this off and never care again but I'll I'll always care about the Cleveland Browns. It's just again, it's just hard for me to just give that up. But with that caring now comes a bunch of gray area and uh, that is a spot where they will lose some people, maybe a spot where some people will come over to the Cleveland side. I don't know. And again, not my place to to tell you who's right and who's wrong in that discussion. I think that you are are validated in most of it. So the 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 thing too for me is controlling what I can control I cannot control the decision to bring Deshaun Watson to Cleveland I can't control the people's reaction to it all I can do is report on the football player now right that's all I can really do the Browns have an absolutely massive the most important in my opinion uh, press conference in in franchise history since since let me put it this way I was not cognizant I was alive very young four four or five years old when they left Uh, I I don't remember that. And there probably were bigger ramification things for Cleveland. Uh, There were. You know, the franchise leaving, the franchise returning. But this has to be the biggest press conference post-20, or sorry, post-1999, where these guys have to come out now. Andrew Berry, you know, largely. uh, Jimmy Haslam, Andrew Berry, Kevin Stefanski's obviously a part of the Brain Trust here. Paul D. Podesta. They all have to now get out in front of everyone, everywhere, and do a bunch of explaining. Right? They need to explain what we maybe don't know, what we do know, what people, their their stances on people who are impacted by this. And it's going to either clear up some things or it's going to piss a lot of people off more than they already are. And uh, I, I think that that is teetering as the most important post 1999 franchise media session. Uh, possible and we don't even know I don't even know when Watson will try to be available for Cleveland media I don't know what it will all look like but that initial press conference where the hard questions will and should be asked about their stance on this because it's not only did they trade for Deshaun Watson they they gave him the single largest guaranteed contract in NFL history 80 million more guaranteed dollars than anybody else and also the connection to their understanding that a suspension is looming. And if a suspension is looming, they lowered that base number for the first year to $1 million, and now he gets to keep more money, right? So there's a lot of bending they did. I think it's pretty clear that the Browns said, we'll give you the most money. It came down to yesterday being a bidding war uh, of, of of New Orleans, Atlanta, and then Cleveland hanging around doing bidding the agent of Deshaun Watson, back and forth, back and forth, where you go here, where you go here, and the Browns made concessions. They made concessions on the money. They made concessions on the guarantee. They made concessions on the first year to avoid the, sus- the suspension loss money. So there's a lot there, and that's, again, that's willing to go further than any other team to get this done. All things equal, it's pretty obvious Watson was not coming to Cleveland, but they put the money angle in front of him to get that done. So that is a huge part of the discussion that Cleveland has to answer for. And I'm willing to hear them out, right? I think we all have to hear them out. I mean, it's going to happen. You can't control stopping that press conference, but we got to hear it out. You know, is there just no conscience about this stuff? Is there none? Is there, is there just, hey, winning is everything? Or is there something else we don't know that in their investigation and other teams' investigations, they unearthed? I don't know but we'll see that uh, that that press conference again will be an absolutely vital part of the process from a a, an analysis of two other things uh here first of all the the player uh watson uh, 2020 was special and he's been getting better Uh, he's he's really good i mean he's in the the group of the best guys doing it He missed all of last year but his 2020 where he was Third in pro football focuses war metrics. First in grade from a clean pocket, non-play action passes outside the pocket. All of that stuff he was graded first in the league. Second and early downgrade. Third down on uh, third on throws that that are out beyond the sticks. So I talked all the time about the Mayfield issues with getting throws past the sticks that meant something. He was third on those. He was third in play action positive throw rate. Fourth on third and fourth downs. Fifth and grade from a standard drop back perspective, and seventh and under pressure grade. The guy is extremely good, and I I just kind of tonight sat down and watched his 33 touchdown throws and his seven interceptions from 2020, and he's gifted. He's extremely gifted. By far the most competent quarterback on the field that the Browns have have seen uh, play. There are there are going to be some challenges, uh, it, you know, in terms of. The weather, getting accustomed to how the wind in the stadium works, I think that part of it will be fine. He has a lot of talent around him. From, I mean, if you go back and look at that Texans team, a couple nice receivers, Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, but the Browns probably have some some things here with the lowered cap in the first year. So you know, you're talking about a two hundred and thirty million dollar deal here. It starts to get kind of dicey with the cap. What we'll probably see them do is. Push off a lot of this stuff. Jack Duffin, did, who's a guy who we've talked on this pod with, does a good job at looking at these things. So, something like, in Jack's opinion, cap numbers of 10, uh, 19. So, 10 in 2020, you know, 9 million signing bonus, a base salary of one, another base salary of one, and some change in 23 and 19 million. And, and that cap hit because they'll add a option bonus. This is just Jack projecting. And then they would push some of that money off the big cap numbers into 24, 25, 26. Have a void year in 27 to try to manipulate some different things and get this like window capitalized on right now and maximize. And what they'll do is with their ability to control Watson, they'll be able to push some of this money down the line, do new extensions, balance it out. It's, you you know, we've always wondered here in Cleveland, we've seen these other teams manipulate the cap, do these other things to the cap. Is the cap real? We see all these guys get converted money. You're going to actually see that in action now. It feels like a decade. We've been talking about cap ramifications on all these potential signings for the Browns. It has not really come to fruition. Now we're going to see what it looks like with a gigantic quarterback contract and how they manipulate the signing bonus, the converting cash over pushing cap numbers off void years. Like there's going to be some big stuff here and they have put themselves in that situation but that is also if you're pursuing good players and you're you're going in the, in a trade market scenario where it's hard to get a player and you got to bargain based on money, then you got to really challenge yourself. So the Browns are in that scenario uh, for paying Deshaun Watson. So you know, like I said, I have a hard time seeing Watson not work out as a quarterback. Maybe though, uh, he comes back and is not the same player. He doesn't handle the scrutiny well. Not all guys are wired to handle being the villain and he's never been the villain on a football field the stuff in 2021 you know he was originally demanding a trade before because he wanted out because of the disaster that the the organization was in houston he wanted out before all of the allegations started to happen
1: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed
0: So he's never really been on the football field as a villain where people now have taken this stance against him because, obviously, the, the tumultuous situation he's put himself in here, um, now he is the villain. He's never quite been the villain like this. So there's always that element. And, um, I, I again, though, I just think he's so gifted. He's so smooth as a quarterback. The ball handling, he can play under center. He can play wide zone stuff. He did it. He did that long uh, boot action stuff with with Houston in 2020, under center, pocket-based dropbacks, shotgun stuff. Uh, he can get on the move and throw. He is extremely talented in the pocket, feeling pressure. From a quarterback perspective itself, not even in the same ballpark, not even remotely in the same ballpark. Um, so with that, too, we should kind of close here. The trade, the trade since a couple uh, not 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 just a couple three first round picks over to houston and then um you know sends them a couple second day selections as well so it it's not the thing i think most of us thought was going to happen was the player part of it too that they were going to have to trade all these things that they traded but also then add a couple players and people were really worried about that as they obviously would be worried about that because uh, you know, the Browns have built up their their roster around a lot of these talented players. And if you had to give back some guys like Denver had to give back to Seattle, Noah Fanton, uh, the, a talented defensive tackle there. I cannot remember his name off the top of my head. Shelby Harris, I believe. It, it starts to add to the pick stuff, too. So, you know, what they, what they do here is a third-round pick. So this year the Browns lose, and I, it is not perfectly described. Um, you know, maybe this is out there somewhere. I believe it's a third-round pick. Uh, this year so a first their first this year and a third and then a fourth round pick later but i could be wrong don't quote me on that but the browns end up giving up five picks but obviously there is a trade looming with baker mayfield that is going to either be one of four places in my opinion new orleans seattle indy or carolina i would imagine Based on where the Browns' response was to a request of trade from Mayfield, that they don't really care about where he wants to go, and they will end up shipping him off to the highest bidder, preferably the uh, preferably the NFC. But to me, I don't think they really care all too much, and I'm not really fearful that he's going to to figure out how to play elite quarterbacking. And you know, I I I don't really just me personally, I don't really care where he gets traded. I uh, appreciate a lot of what Baker did here, but I just don't feel like i'm not really scared of keeping him in the afc or anything like that man but this is to baker you know a guy who all the time you talk about like how this guy is is doubted and all these things in his career and he's the first overall pick and i think a lot of that stuff is overblown but like if this is is is, if there's nothing else that's going to change mayfield into believing he's been doing it wrong like the browns brought in not just a quarterback and gave him 230 and all the things that they gave him, but like the most risky quarterback in terms of everything surrounding him and said that we don't want anything to do with you anymore, Baker. So there's a lot of stuff that if Baker Mayfield is ever going to figure it out, the motivation, the drive to be the best, the commitment, the passion, the, the complete change of him as a person around the quarterback position, not as a human being, but like how he approaches the quarterback position, this is it. We'll see where Mayfield's career goes. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't have a preferred place for him to go. I don't really care much. I do hope the Browns can recoup some of those picks. You know, from a trade perspective, I think the Browns did well to not give up any current roster players, keep some cap flexibility. Likely, based on how the numbers play out, but it's likely that they keep some cap flexibility to go uh, back out and get Jadavian Clowney, who we saw. Uh, obviously a a number thrown out two years, 24 today. We'll see if that comes to fruition. If it looks like that, we'll see. It sounds like something from his agent pushing for more money to put that out and float it in the market and say, somebody beat this. So we'll see what that looks like. But I think the Browns have some flexibility. I think they're likely now being out of pick 13, probably not getting a first back, at least this year for Baker are looking at wide receivers on the market. That can be secondary guys to Donovan people's Jones and shorts and Jakeem grant. So I think the trade is pretty solid for the Browns. Just analyzing the trade, uh the Texans I think were handicapped a little bit by that a lot a bit by that no trade uh clause that Watson had and and really had to let him pick, you know. They had to let him pick and uh, the only one that seems to have gotten approved was Cleveland, so they couldn't really teeter on New Orleans has the best trade package or Carolina or whoever because it's just where he was willing to waive that no trade clause. So um Listen, the Browns, should be they should be really good. There's going to be some movement, going to be some different things that happen. They still have several picks to make. I believe, other than the Giants and Jets, they have the most top 100 picks still in this draft, so they still have quite a few picks to make. Uh, you know, So a lot of details to be ironed out, but we'll see. But for now, I mean, I've kind of laid out where I'm at with Watson. I'm going to cover it from a film breakdown standpoint. I don't think... This podcast requires anything else. You know, at the OBR, we're going to remain as professional about this as we possibly can because that's all we can do. We're we're a professional outlet covering the Cleveland Browns. And with that, it's not a character uh, site, you know, in terms of like judging character of people. It's not a site that is built around uh, judge and uh, jury and trial. We're not doing that. We're just covering the Cleveland Browns. And that's what we'll bring to you. For those of you who are still interested in that element, so uh, that's it. That's all. That's all I have to really say about it. We'll, I'm sure I'll dig into the film and break down Watson as a quarterback. The Browns have big decisions kind of looming. It, it seems like Case Keenum is going to stay on the roster and sort of be the guy if they have to play him because of a suspension. That's sort of what it seems like to me right now. That could change. Everything is fluid. I think there are some gigantic decisions coming from Cleveland on a lot of different parts of the roster. We'll see. But as we sit now, it's to presume that a suspension is coming because it seems like the Browns are bracing for it and Case Keenum is still on the roster at his cap hit. So it's like it, they, they may be trusting him to be able to go when when that suspension hits whenever it does. The NFL has, I would imagine, just started their investigation Cause they didn't do any investigating when there were criminal elements to the, to the situation. So who knows what that timetable looks like, but a lot to digest for you as fans again, you know, this show me personally, I'm not here to tell anybody they're wrong. I think there are a lot of justified angles to go about this. And, um, I hope that you can still find, uh, an enjoyment in your Cleveland Browns. I hope, I hope you can, I hope you can. um, that's 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 about it but I understand both sides of it so have a great weekend you know the sun comes up Saturday Sunday life goes on it's just football it's just football at the end of the day doesn't have to make or break your your enjoyment of, of the sport or life or any of that and they're just there there are things that matter and in my life way more than this and I'm sure in your life too and we shouldn't uh, stress ourselves out all too much uh, about this this situation and control what we can control and um, you know as far as the Browns making the decisions they do we can only control so many things so hope I didn't anger too many people with my thoughts that's what they are appreciate you checking in here over the weekend and uh, taking some time to chat about this there will be a lot uh, a lot more to come and we're just getting started so buckle up we will chat with you maybe one more time this weekend maybe not might be good to take a day off but hopefully you enjoyed today's episode appreciate all your support twitch website and this podcast guys have a great saturday or sunday whenever you're listening to this and go browns